Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. How long gone? Beans being so weird. Let's focus, Jason. It's time to podcast. It's a fucking Tuesday in December. Or no, November. Sorry. Almost. I'm jumping ahead. Almost. I'm jumping I ahead. I mean, it practically feels like December. I went, we did a, we did a, our podcast this morning for full transparency. We're recording after we did our interview and it was at 8 a.m. So that means I was, I was walking the dogs at 6 still kind of dark out freezing cold freezing cold man it's it, it's not freezing cold it's actually cold here and <laughs> i hope you i hope you took your nupsy out of out of storage for this week for this week nupsy that's a north face puffer jacket oh i don't have one of those but maybe <laughs> i should get one i have i wear arcteryx yeah but you don't have you have california arcteryx you have like a rain slicker and a light puffer. Yeah, I'm actually eyeballing um, a vintage puffer right now. That's real poofy, but it's kind of like a dark orange, kind of like your sweater. It's a great vibe, but like you're not always in the mood to wear an orange. Because orange, I have an orange Arcteryx raincoat that I love, but it's like you really got to be in the mood to wear construction orange yeah blaze blaze orange no you're right i mean blaze does it make your chest bigger because that's nice <laughs> any help that i can get my little <laughs> b cup my little b cup <laughs> <laughs> where did you find this puffer i'm not telling you my fucking sources bitch ass i don't this secret shit i don't buy you for some reason buying a used puffer feels insane to me actually but i'll buy anything else used i don't know why because the body sweats in a cocoon sack in there you know there's 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 decades of of moisture and toxins <laughs> decades lining, of moisture <laughs> lining the down feathers am i wrong uh no you're not wrong but i just hope you i just hope you're prepared because it, it's actually going to be fine when you get here but it's mint condition it's like it's like new it's very cold right now it's like cold like how white what what the temp like 30 that's light work bro <laughs> that's light work that's come not, on that man. is not light work it's gonna be 75 in la today probably <laughs> the sun is shining i was i was thinking yesterday I really wish that um, heat tech mm -hmm. technology, Uniqlo makes heat tech where it's like very thin skims style under armor warming garments, but I, I put them on and it's like, like a 12 year old wearing five year old pajamas. Like I'm way, way, way too big for them. And I want, I would like some bespoke custom. <laughs> okay. Uh, like stre stretchy. Well, I hope that I long hope john the, I hope underwear. The, the long john creators listening will maybe be interested in, in long doing john some, creators doing something. They'll, they'll go into their atelier and kind of part of the creator economy. Whip, yeah, I don't know who up. who out there is listening. I don't know. I mean, 
I don't think Bodhi does that kind of stuff. It's a, it's it's Bodhi does crochet heat tech. It's 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 a little too breathable, if you ask me. But it's very thick under your garments. Actually, that reminds me. One when, when I hit New York, I need to go pop in the atelier, and uh, maybe we'll do a little tailoring for for a post. I'll put it on my Instagram. Stories. What do you what do you what are you gonna get? What do you think? You I don't want? I don't have any intention of getting anything, but they've been nice enough to extend an invitation to me to come through so i kind of want to just i don't know i guess freestyle something be inspired by the fabrics in the room the tees i know that you're a fa- and things you're, like that you're a fabric first guy and that's kind of why we get along is like you start there <laughs> and then you obviously have an eye for construction as well don't don't get it don't get me sure. wrong but but it has to start with fabric it starts at the thread it starts it at the st- thread starts Red, Jesus Christ. Okay, so <laughs> before, this morning I, I I was on Twitter.com and I found a, a story that came out today in the New York Times Magazine mm-hmm. um, about a punk museum that mm-hmm. opened in Las Vegas. And I scroll, I click on the link, and the, the lead image is Fat Mike from No Effects. Mm-hmm who is like part of this whole thing. So it's like a full giant museum off the strip in Vegas where they have a bar, but they've also like recreated Pennywise's practice space. And they have like a tattoo parlor. And it's like, I think it's going pretty well, but it's just an insane, it was insane to see Fat Mike in the New York Times. Also, Fat Mike is apparently LGBTQ+. He's everything, man. And is upset that he's not being embraced by that community. And I was like, well, lose some weight. (laughs) (laughs) I think he's not embraced by that community because he's one of the most offensive, vile people on earth and has said some of the nastiest things about many people in that community. What's interesting. But by golly, if no effects doesn't know how to write a pop punk tune, one of the one of the greats. The the story the story is great. It's it's really good and really interesting. I think this feels like an offshoot of the punk rock bolification of Las Vegas over the last ten years where they've they need they they've built it up to the point where they can plant a flag off strip. And recreate Pennywise's practice. It's, it's, it's a thing that nobody ever asked for it's, or it's, needed. It's so sick. And they, they do celebrity tours. So it's like you can sign up and like a guy that played fucking auxiliary percussion in the Misfits will give you a tour of, the, of the, like their tour. I was just I was just one of the, one of the dead milkmen will show you where the men's room is. <laughs> one of the not dead dead oh, milkmen. God. I hadn't seen, I hadn't heard or seen this, and it's something that I feel like I should check out when I go to when we were young next year, 2024. Oh, it's a must-hit destination. You got to go by Carboni. You got to go <laughs> Punk Rock Museum off the Strip, and there's this really good Thai food spot I got to tell you about. <laughs> so you guys, you guys know all about the the Neon Museum. Let me show you the Punk Rock Museum. This is a little cool. I like a mafia tour myself. You know what I mean? But yeah, it's but it's it's just a very interesting thing that I definitely want to go do and i think they actually have crazy shit like it's probably pretty good like what they actually have they got the descendants glasses you know they got the milo goes to college original (laughs) mug (laughs) you got henry rollins poetry books and and pull up bar but the but what was interesting is that it points out that i guess that no effects and, and like over their career has done a lot of 
like they raised all this money for like an anti-George Bush thing and like mm -hmm. they got all these people to sign up to vote. So that was kind of Fat Mike's mm -hmm. argument is he's like, nobody fucks with me, but what about all this shit I did? And they're like, yeah, bro, sorry, you got blue hair and you look like shit. I, I don't. I can't I can't do it, you know. Despite all of your positive accolades, your appearance <laughs> yes. and demeanor and everything about you still yeah. easily <laughs> overshadows any positive attributes you It's very, very, very bad. And he has to know that. The um so also though, uh once again on twitter.com, friend of the show Rachel Tashin um posted earlier oh. about uh something that feels like it's the new Celine men's collection has LCD sound system losing my edge as the soundtrack and name checks dime square and I quote mm -hmm. the emergence of a strong utopian and free artistic youth from the area of dime square to the borders of Brooklyn confirms the return of the New York scene and I, I you know I hate this Jason <laughs> I really do I really really do but who wrote this that I I don't want to be you, but it does feel like AI. It actually feel it, oh. it actually feels like AI. I hate AI. I don't I don't believe in it. I think in this situation, we we hope that this was written by AI and not a real human being. We hope because if a real human being wrote this hope. and is uh is Slamon still at Salon? <laughs> Slamon. Yeah, yeah, Big Slim is is still over so, there. So Big Slim read this <laughs> sentence and gave it a check mark, green thumbs up, approved. Yeah, I mean Is that is that safe to say? That is So that at that point then it doesn't matter if this was written by AI or a PR person. The person who wrote this probably we may know them. Oh yeah, definitely. They, yeah, they may be listening to this right now, and they're upset. But it still comes down like somebody who runs the cool, the coolest guy in fashion of all time read that and was like, "Bet, run it, approve." This sounds <laughs> bet, good. run it. <laughs> I w <laughs> I like I like that we're calling Dime Square Utopian. I, I mean, there's nothing about it. I I thought we were done with this. But but I guess that it's it's that's the that's that's Hetty's way. It's trickled you're, all the way. Everything up. in life where you're like, I thought we were done with this, and Hetty's like, Nah, nah. Put on the rock. There's still skin. two more drops left in this old orange from 2004. Put on the, the Rockstar skinnies. Do a little coke and listen to LCD Sound System, <laughs> bitch. We're back. Um, yeah, I was. I don't know. It was. It's. It's unbelievable that Dime Square is still part of the conversation. It's a two block radius that now has a beautiful hotel. There's not much happening there. I love acai, but I don't love it that much. You know, it's a nice place to smoke a cigarette. I guess I don't know. I mean, the people are hot, so that's probably a big part of it. Where are they at though? Where are they at though? All right, uh, we have a guest today. Um, you know the band Jason Future Islands, don't you? Yeah, of course, Future Islands. Yeah, we we chatted with Sam. We had a chat with Sam, their uh, front person. We actually had a very fun, amazing chat. It's always good when we don't talk about music or the album that they're here to release and promote. Uh, he li he's living in Nolans right now, so we get into that a lot. Um, it's, it's actually very TJ coded. <laughs> Knee injuries, New Orleans. It's true. It's true. And cr and uh, and crab eat crab crab and crawfish. I'm about to go record an episode of. Uh at an Adam Faze produced watch show for TikTok. Oh, really? 
Yeah, that's a big so, show. I don't know. I'm just is it is it the one where you walk into like this? It's like a jewelry district. Yeah, building and it's like a father and son and they're like. Get this fucking piece of shit out of here! It's called it's called Clockwork. I haven't seen it. I just I trust Adam, and I said, "Let me know, bro." Like I'll, I'm coming through. I think what happens is you go in, you you want to buy a watch or you want to sell a watch, and then a father and son insult you, and then you haggle. Oh, this is perfect. Okay, so I'm finally gonna get the. It, well, look, Bezel, it's very, you got it's very pawn stars coded. Bezels, you got you got some competition now. Best I can do. Who's gonna give me the <laughs> royal? <laughs> <laughs> best i can do best i can do is 50 bucks that's the best i can it's royal oak that's, that's a hundred dollar bill all day i'll do 70 yeah i'll do 70 <laughs> all right how long gone thank you guys for listening all right how long gone is brought to you by our dear friends at better help jason better help you know the summer travel season is coming up Luckily, my BetterHelp therapist also fancies themselves a bit of a travel agent. So for maybe the first half of our sweet sessions, we were spent off, obviously off clock going through, you know, hotels, ferries, <laughs> car rentals, restaurant recommendations. It's as if I have two wives. I have two wives inside of me. And, uh, yeah, <laughs> sure, sure. Yeah, so uh, it, it is a fun way to find and connect different therapists you get one that you really like you guys are gossiping you guys are chit-chatting you guys are talking about your personal interests next thing you know it's time to actually do the work so it feels good building those uh mental health relationships with people you actually like and on better help there are so many different therapists to choose from i don't like anyone if you're thinking of starting <laughs> therapy give better help a try it's entirely online Designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapist anytime for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash how long today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash how long. Nice. How Long Gone is brought to you by Nutrafol. As you know, you know, hair thinning is quite complicated. Like your skin, hair is a reflection of your health. Uh-oh, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks, feels, and most importantly, grows. Nutrafol's whole-body approach multi-targets underlying root causes like stress, hormone fluctuations, and nutrient gaps for visibly thicker, stronger hair. Go ahead, give it a tug. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth suppy with over 1 million people seeking thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with considerably less shedding thank god take the first step to visibly thicker healthier hair for a limited time Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code how long all one word find out why over 4500 healthcare professionals and stylists and professional stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair Nutrafol.com spelled n-u-t R-A-F-O-L. I got RAF on the nut. <laughs> dot com promo code how long. That's Nutrafol.com promo code how long. We're going through merch stuff right now, Sam. You like that? Remember when you had to do your own fucking merch? Oh, I remember. I'm still doing it. We're, we're still on those meetings, man. And sometimes I'm just like, I don't care, but it matters. It really matters. Yeah, it's a it's a challenge. Um it's a challenge to do it all. Well, we actually we're doing a show at Webster Hall on Saturday 
here in New York. Oh, cool. Awesome. And love Webster. We just, I, I think we just got our first, Jason, correct me if I'm wrong, our first email from the venue being like, we're going to take a percentage of your merch sales. Oh, welcome. You guys are really, you made it. <laughs> yeah, that's what I, that's exactly what I was saying. I was like, this feels like a real rite of passage because it was a big issue, you know, it was, or whatever. There was a lot of people talking about it a couple months ago. Yeah. Um, it's an honor for you to take 20% of my income, massive corporation. Yeah. yeah it's kind of crazy. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. I don't know if I'm supposed to say, you know, like, because Live Nation is doing a thing. They're like, I don't know if it's going to be forever, but I know for a time they're like, we're not, we're not going to, our venues are not going to take a cut. Yes. And people are like, well, that's really, I, sh I, you know, I shouldn't talk bad about Live Nation. <laughs> hey, we all, hey, look, we all suck from the teat of Live Nation. That's family. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's you're talking to two members of Nation Nation over here. We, <laughs> <laughs> they are, they are, I think that, that what you're talking about where they're like the, the give back or they weren't going to charge it, but there's also, I think they were giving like a stipend to bands that made under a certain amount of money really? touring is yeah it was really insane kind of what it was like they were when doing. donald trump gave everybody a thousand dollars this kind of yeah. feels like that exactly. you know yeah, exactly. well, that, well that's the thing i'm like well that's great but also the venues that really yeah. need <laughs> you know the smaller the smaller venues are going to need to match that and and or and then they're gonna suffer and then they can just get bought up again it's it's just uh <laughs> You sure. know, it's like, well, we we're doing this because we we can do it where we can afford we can afford to lose. But I mean, it should be that. I mean, honestly, artists really need that merch. I mean, I remember the old days when, uh, you know, we would sell six or seven CDRs for five bucks a piece, three or four T-shirts. And that was gas money, you know, and that mm -hmm. was all the money you made from a show. Like we lived like that for years uh, where you live completely off merch. You know, you're making 20 bucks off a door and mm -hmm. uh, and the 40, 50 bucks you make, you're like, we can eat Taco Bell. Yeah, you've, you've <laughs> arrived. You've arrived. Yeah, but but the exposure is priceless, though. Sam. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the exposure. I, I know that those crowds in Tacoma on a Tuesday were huge, um, but it was it's the opportunity. It's the big opportunity. It's also about building character for oneself, you know? Yeah, of course. I think that I Jason was is a DJ. I was in a short-lived hardcore band in high school, but went to many shows where there were no people. And mm -hmm. I, I, you know, it's it's part of it's part of putting a little hair on your chest, as they say. Well, I think isn't that part of the American dream? Is uh, well, you're going to get shit, but you're going to build character. <laughs> yes, yes, that is what they, that like is every, what they sold us. Every like That's what movie sold from us. the fifties and sixties, like it's it's building characters. Like oh, shit, I, I've I've built enough character. I would like to make money now. Um, is kind of where I'm yeah. at in my life. Yeah, I mean, everyone who's famous now, you have to have your origin story where life wasn't so easy and it was really tough. Otherwise, we're not really able to appreciate you as an artist, right? <laughs> yeah. You, you know, it's it's like the inverse of a Nepo baby. You have to be, I mean, I, yes. you know, a gutter baby <laughs> for us to really respect you now at this point, you know, or at least for me to respect you. <laughs> well, I mean, it's such a tricky thing too, because I, I, I've, I've thought about this a lot the last few years because the way the way that social media functions, there is no like, there's no chance for an artist or uh, someone we consider a celebrity to be like 50 and 60 and write an autobiography because they literally like if you're a kid now growing up, you literally just have your whole life is mm -hmm. is open. So in a way, it's it's actually it's just weird to me in the sense that uh, social media companies are like already selling people's autobiographies where they have a chance. <laughs> like kids feel that they have to tell about 
like terrible things that yeah. happened in their young life that mm-hmm. probably takes some more time to process. Yeah. You know, no, no, it's, it's, it's very, we, I mean, it's very real. And I think that the, the, the real rise of like the YouTube thing where it was just like, I get on the camera and spill about my life yeah. every fucking day. And that's what you're here for is it that's where it took a wrong turn yeah it's kind of crazy you know it's like no <laughs> it's like no turn. make a product but yeah, yeah. exactly exactly like, do it like i do it <laughs> well do you do you think that there's a not so distant future where apple will have this built into their software where you can just hit a button that says autobiography and it just creates this multimedia story of your entire life and you can and then that, that's just it i mean we're we're pretty much there right it's possible i mean our phones do that to us they're like, hey, are you having a good day? Do you remember where you were two years ago having a good day? Remember your ex girlfriend? <laughs> yeah. It's Please only. Stop, why stop does it never? But, but it does feel sinister because it never shows me a happy memory. <laughs> I, I, maybe I don't have any happy memories. Maybe it's me, but I don't ever get those. To me, my phone, like there's an album that my phone creates where it's like, you bet you thought you deleted all of these pictures of your ex. <laughs> well, I got 17 of them, and here they are. You thought. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I I read a lot of biographies, and the new trend of doing them young is also interesting because I feel like maybe the trend of doing it young is be- is because social media has like gotten you used to the idea, you know? Yeah, for sure. Or yeah. people we've talked about it a lot on the show because we talked to Mark Ronson. He's doing one that focuses on like nineties nightlife in new york only mm-hmm. you know but it's like from his point of view or like moby did one right until he got famous and then one post play uh, which I, I and rob Lowe did too i like doing two i think that's a cool way to do it the publisher probably likes that too yeah <laughs> <laughs> i mean that that is kind of what life is like if you write your or it just just in the sense, like if you're young and you're kind of already collecting your life at 25, then you're really going to be thinking about how your life is going to play out as you're living the next 10 or 15 years. So like, I got to make this good for the book. You know what I mean? It's not like a natural. <laughs> yeah. Is that completely unhealthy to have that thought, though? <laughs> well, <laughs> I think there's ambition involved in that thought, which is possibly positive. But with ambition comes the... Uh, the greater possibility that your potential will be, will, you will not meet that potential. My life was not a movie. Yeah. yeah. That, that, <laughs> this that's <sucks>. devastating. <laughs> Wait a second. I am devastated. I'm hand, <laughs> and on my 33rd birthday, I was hand washing my socks in the sink <laughs> my studio. Not that there's anything wrong with that. Uh, there's no, not. of course not. But I, yeah, that, that's, not, that's not what we want. In the read, second book, you book, know, yeah. not the second book. <laughs> so you you told us that you're coming live from New Orleans, that you live there. Yeah, yeah, I'm down in New Orleans these days. I've been I've been uh, spending most of my time down here for the last uh, about a year now. Okay, so New Orleans is one of the wildest. It's like a great town to be sober, right? <laughs> uh, well, that, that's kind of the funny thing. So my buddies hit me up like, "What are you doing down there?" And I'm like, "I'm not. I don't think I'm doing it right. Like, uh, I'm I'm basically no. I'm not sober on." purpose really but i'm just like trying to be healthy trying to get ready for the next year's touring um mm-hmm. and uh and yeah i wake up at like 6 37 take take a five six mile walk mm. i was uh telling chris that i'm in physical therapy for my knee because i got a busted up knee so so i'm like i'm i'm doing like healthy new orleans but it's a beautiful city you can just kind of <laughs> it is it kind of like reveals itself every day um 
you know, when you live somewhere, so I love to take walks. And when you live somewhere, like I've been in Baltimore for 14 and a half, 15 years, you know, it's, mm. I have to walk three miles just to go on a new walk. You know what I mean? Sure, sure. Yes. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah. Oh, I got to walk. <laughs> I'm going to walk out of here. It's just like, so, you know, I need, I need some, something to change. And that's kind of a life too, just being used to living out of a suitcase. And, yeah. and uh, sometimes I feel more comfortable in like a hotel room than I do in my own room because i still have a room in baltimore i'm just it's like where my stuff lives mm -hmm. i just i yeah. just don't live there storage with what the is what was the appeal what was the draw to new orleans just something different that I, looked nice i got a lady down here oh okay. all right I, <laughs> I assumed i assumed that is why uh but i didn't uh, know but is she from there or does she just live there too no no she lives here too so okay, she's okay. she's been I here know. i think she's been here like three and a half years so it's kind of fresh to her very fresh to me. I mean, I just played through, I probably only played through here six, seven times. We used to play a lot more in the old days. Um, I almost got stolen once. <laughs> you you personally almost got stolen? <laughs> Go on. That's a kidnapping, Sam. That's what we call that. We don't know that. We don't know that. <laughs> there's uh now well, there's this kind of kind of a classic dive in New Orleans called the Saint. And uh, we we played there a couple times back in the day, which if you go in now, you'd be like, how the hell did you play in here? Because it's just like, <laughs> you know, a concrete one, one story concrete floor. They don't seem to have electricity. How did you yeah. <laughs> perform? <laughs> how did this work? Yeah, there's just like people giving me shots throughout the show. I don't really remember how the show ended, and, you know, and we're on the same concrete floor that the audience is on. So I'm just like face to face with people. At some point, I just didn't like what was happening. I, I ran outside. <laughs> jumped in the van that was parked outside it was you know middle of summertime 100 degrees out mm -hmm. in the at midnight and turned the car on to get the ac running uh and then just leaned the leaned the chair back and passed out the guy the guy saw me, <laughs> found me like an hour and a half later i had i rolled down all the windows because it was hot inside the car but blasted the ac and <laughs> they like wake me up like Dude, what are you doing? You could have gotten stolen out here. So I, I, it's, it's all—it's the potential you, of being stolen. You, okay. Well, New Orleans feel—if you're going to get stolen, it feels like a place where that could happen. Yeah, I, I would say that it doesn't—it couldn't happen everywhere. Wake up at a party, but, man. Could have been fun. But I feel like it could. Jason just wow. went for the first time, and he loved it. Like literally last week. Yeah. One week ago. Yeah. It was—it was my first time, and I really did find that you kind of have to drink through the town or else yeah. <laughs> it's kind of tough to really be a member of society there and which luckily i do drink but it was it, yeah. two days of it and with those red beans and rice i went to the po boy festival oh nice so the insides of my body were hold on very i don't bad. think we discussed this yeah, well, you went to the well, po boy I, I, festival I missed this. yeah I missed this. it's up it's uptown sam you know uptown uh yeah i know uptown <laughs> take the streetcar over there it's nice but there's there's an annual uh, maybe maybe it, it could be m multiple times here I don't know but they shut down like a like five city blocks of of uptown it's it's beautiful and everyone in town it's like people who, that make po boys new restaurants doing their own flair on it fusion po boys and then you drink and there's bands playing you it's a New Orleans street fair you know there's yeah, a giant yeah. inflatable mayonnaise <laughs> that you can take photos in front of that's fine. That's now we're fun. talking. What, that good. sounds like a high. But I ate I ate five po boys in forty eight hours. Hell yeah! <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> okay, can you explain <laughs> to me actually? Since I have two experts here, what what exactly constitutes a po boy? Well, 
2023, it's tough because most of the po' boys I ate were 17 to $22. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. I don't know how po' <laughs> yeah. these boys are. Yeah, I think <laughs> yeah. I think it's just about having uh, the baguette, uh, cheap baguette. And uh, it probably came from like the shavings from nice meat cuts. And, mm-hmm. and you know, just kind of it's just a po' boy because it was like a, a, a food for people that didn't have a lot of money. So you just like back yeah. in the old days. But, yeah, now, yeah, but now yeah. it's a staple. So. Cause I, I, cause yeah. I, I fuck around with like fried oysters and of course fried shrimp mm. and stuff like that. Like, of course, okay. of course, fried shrimp. Yeah, the fried oyster po' boy. That's my favorite one. But mm. oysters, especially nowadays, ain't cheap. But yeah, yeah, just a cheap, crunchy baguette. Like you have a bun me on, Chris. Okay. You know about those tofu bun. I've had a bun me. Yeah. And yeah, whatever you got, you know, some mayonnaise, some some lettuce, and whatever slop meat you got around. Okay, and it is delicious. The bun me is dope here too because it's probably part of that. The po' boy, but it's also the French. Oh yes, French yes. fusion, yeah. and so it's like the French. There's a there's a really large uh, Vietnamese population here. I think yeah. one of the largest in the in the country. It's true. Houston, which isn't too far away, is also like a a great mm-hmm. Vietnamese food. City. I'm, I've mm-hmm. had some delicious Vietnamese food in Houston. I'm a Houston yeah. apologist. I love it there. I love Houston. I don't know. Too. I don't know why. You don't have okay. to apologize, man. <laughs> no, I, I love Houston too. You do. You do to me. I'm not. I'm. I don't. I don't really get. Houston well, Jason, yet. you went there for. 12 hours and played a pool party so that that's on you kind of <laughs> yeah you did it right. that was the only time i enjoyed it <laughs> i've been there i've dj'd all kinds of bad parties the pool party was the only time it was good but you kind of get there and you're like okay hot as fuck really really hot as fuck and uh, <laughs> yeah, no, everyone's hot. 18 months behind okay i get it no shade no no i just like i just like it immediately i instantly liked it I, I instantly liked it, but I'm from Atlanta, so I feel like there's I I can I just the South yeah. I gravitate towards it, whether no matter what. But New Orleans didn't do it for me. I I, I don't mind Dallas even, but I, I don't want to yeah. I don't want to live there necessarily. But you know, it's fine. New to visit. Orleans New Orleans isn't like the South. It's different. Like New it Orleans is, is really. New Orleans is its own. Yeah, I agree. Thing. I said this to. I don't, I don't want to say. I said this yeah. to Jason. I don't want to say strange. But I said this yeah. to Jason. It's an island. I was like, it's kind of like Florida meets Europe. Mm. Is is the is the way yeah. I kind of described it? A Florida man gets <laughs> yeah. on a plane, which on paper shouldn't work because <laughs> it has those tropical temp- temps. You know, I was down in the swamp. Yeah, what, like when I was there, they're like, yeah, it's freezing. We're, it's gonna, uh, it might dip down into the sixties, and I was yeah. like, that's funny. And they're like, no, that's as cold as it gets. Like, yeah. it's fucked up here. Um, and people, uh, people, I've heard that people who live in Nolens full time will go on like cold vacations, like go up to Minnesota <laughs> for like three days just to like, I guess maybe it's a cold plunge sauna effect on a more global scale. I don't know. Yeah. You're, you're, but you're like, I just need to be in 15 below snow for a couple days, get my head straight and, and go back down Let's to see the see how bottom. the other half lives. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Baltimore has, Baltimore has fucked up winters though, right? Uh, Yeah, but it's not. Uh, it's actually pretty similar to New York City uh, as far as okay. temp- temperatures, but uh, like we don't, our Baltimore doesn't take snow well, so it's one of those cities where it just turns to sl- sludge sure. immediately, mm. and it's just like really gross. Is that where snow crabs come from? I've also, I just noticed you you seem to live in crab friendly locales. Care to come? <laughs> <on that? laughs> uh, I have a confession to make. Mm-hmm. I, I am one quarter crab. <laughs> I am. I got some I'm crab in crab. me. I've got some crab in me, and it's not for much. <laughs> free ride for call. I got my college paid for. Uh, I got a quarter crab in uh, me. 
No, uh, <laughs> I haven't really thought about it. I don't even eat crab. Like, uh, my dad, what? My, I mean, I will eat a, I will eat crab, but <laughs> I don't like gun to my head. I'll eat I don't crab. like working for my food that much. I don't eat. I, I'm so with you on this. And, and that is yeah. the main gripe with crab legs specifically. It's a lot of work for yeah. very little payoff. Would you prefer it if somebody fed the food to you as well? Like the airplane goes in the mouth kind of style? Yes. Or? Yes. Yeah. yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. That's no problem. <laughs> if that's an option, yeah. I'm trying to think table. of what other foods require work like that. But well, the, the other one down here is crawfish. That's like oh, yeah. in New Orleans. And and when I was living out in Sweden before before this, like they love crawfish. And, mm. and I'm just like, I don't really... I don't I don't see the appeal for this little like if like if I could I guess I guess maybe bigger crabs are like that or like lobster but it's like I want to like do this work and then find like a cheeseburger inside uh of <laughs> of this shellfish <laughs> uh this crustacean just okay. like like what what's in here The payoff is not is not is kind of letting you down for how much I mean the crawfish is the ultimate labor to flavor ratio offset oh, yeah. like that's the the largest offense i would say i think so although i will i will peel shrimp all day um <laughs> i'll peel i'll peel the shrimp one thing about me brother I'm, i'll peel shrimp all day long i'll try body by shrimp <laughs> <laughs> hey there overwhelmed foodies are you drowning in a sea of meal kit options feeling like you're in a bad dating game where every contestant looks the same fear not because amidst the chaos there's one shining star worth your culinary affection home chef is not just another fish in the meal kit sea they're the gourmet catch that you've been dreaming of say goodbye to swiping left on lackluster meals and swipe right for the one brand that will make your taste buds swoon. Home Chef provides fresh ingredients and chef design recipes conveniently delivered to your doorstep to simplify your cooking experience. Whether you prefer classic meal kits with pre-portioned ingredients and easy instructions, speedy recipes ready in less than 30 minutes, oven-ready kits with pre-chopped ingredients, I like to chop myself, or quick microwave meals that are assembled in minutes, Home Chef has you and your entire family covered for delicious meals, witty options per week, and serves a variety of dietary needs, so you don't have to worry about what to make ahead of time. I'm keto now. Not only is it convenient, but it is also economical. Home Chef customers save an average of $86 per month on groceries. Mamma mia. For a limited time, Home Chef is offering my listeners, our listeners, 18 free meals, plus free shipping on your first box and free dessert faux life at homechef.com slash how long that's homechef.com slash how long for 18 free meals and free dessert for life homechef.com slash how long must be an active subscriber to receive free dessert korea world is a new cookbook written by dookie hong and friend of the show matt rodbard the New York Times best-selling authors of the book Koreatown. Korea World is a vibrant exploration of the evolution of Korean cuisine, both in Korea and in Korea towns across the United States, with more than 75 bold, flavor-packed recipes and stunning photography. The authors take an inside look at the exciting evolution of Korean food through stories of chefs, home cooks, as well as recipes that are shaping modern Korean cuisine. The book begins in Seoul, where the barbecue scene is pushing into new territory and where the city's third wave coffee culture is exploding. The tour continues with late night food adventures in Los Angeles, my hometown, and stops into the kitchens of innovative chefs from New York City to Portland who are putting modern spins on 
Korean classics. Recipes include giant short ribs, whole fried smash, rockfish, and pineapple kimchi fried rice. I'm sad I didn't get to name the foods, and you did. <laughs> Korea World is essential reading for anyone curious about the future of food. Available wherever books are sold. So you were in Stockholm, or you were in? I was. I live between Malmo and Stockholm. So Malmo's in the in the south. Yeah. Uh, and uh and stockholm so great skate great skate scene in malmo from what i've oh heard. yeah for sure and they do the big uh i think they do a big copenhagen open it's like right it's just like 40 30 40 minutes to copenhagen uh on the train so oh, no shit. uh maybe even close i made like 20 minutes uh but yeah so i was living out i was had a partner out there uh for, for almost five years and spent spent all my time this is like uh <laughs> it's a thing i do like like there's a lady. I live somewhere new now. <laughs> I see a trend happening, Sam. I see a trend. Yeah. Have you ever lived anywhere that you wanted to live, Sam? No, no, definitely <laughs> not. I live I'll, I'll, definitely not. You're like, is that even an option? Nah. <laughs> I think. I guess Baltimore is the one place that I moved that was like for me, uh, and that, and then the, the woman I was seeing at the time left immediately. She was like, nah, the same for me. <laughs> and that's how Future Island started. Yeah. That's how the band started. Letting letting <laughs> letting the women in your life choose where you live is better because Sweden <laughs> Nolans versus Baltimore. No no offense to Crabtown over there, but you I, know. Sweden. I, I love Stockholm. I, I went yeah. for the first time like last year, and I'm I was like I could I'll live here right now. I'm ready. Yeah, it's I a great it. it's a great city. Was it easy to acclimate as an American man? Did you was it okay? Uh, well, I mean, yeah, yeah. As far as like. All the Scandinavian countries, as far as like uh, an American, you know, uh, I don't speak any other languages, so so it's it's easy to get around there because everybody speaks English. Um, so that that was chill. I mean, there's definitely like there's it's, it's cultural, you know. Like I can, I feel like I was just watching, uh, I was watching some the other day that was taking place in Stockholm, and I was just like, oh yeah, that's what it's like there. That's the way the people are, and and it's just so interesting to understand that the culture of a place uh, a lot deeper but i'm not a traditional swede by any sense because i'm probably a little bit more gregarious and outgoing um mm. and that's not really and height comes into play as way. well probably yeah, yeah and i just don't i i don't look like i don't look like uh scandinavian well i'm you know i'm a, I'm a quarter i am not a quarter crab i am a quarter <laughs> filipino and uh oh. and all of that that kind of it's kind of a thing that's followed me throughout my life of just being like, you don't look, what are you? <laughs> you know, sure, so. sure. I have definitely, a thousand yeah, questions. Definitely got that there. I fit in, yeah. I fit in great over there. I think that's why I like it. They don't, yeah. I, I just look like I could be one of them. Yeah, black, um, you in a black trench coat, man. You, that's all you need. Yeah, I'm wearing yeah. too much color right now to fit in, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, this, yeah this, doesn't doesn't Chris look like we're watching him on an inmate video? Like, he's, <laughs> he's about to have his deposition over Zoom. Uh, <laughs> bro, they got me on Rico charges. I, I'm, I'm going to get I'll off. I'll take a screenshot. I'm going to get off, I swear. This is a nice uh, sweater. <laughs> Fuck both of you guys. This is a nice sweater. It's cashmere. I didn't say anything. This is cash well, Sam, you're, you're collateral damage, Sam. Sorry. You're, you're the enemy. You're the look, enemy now. Chris, when a joke is good, a joke is good. Um, <laughs> so does that mean... I, I didn't know that you were a quarter Filipino. I feel like that must be where you get so much of your stage and showmanship from, right? Uh, yeah. And the way that you sing and command the stage. Yeah, me and Bruno Mars grew up together. Uh <laughs> <laughs> No, uh, well, the Filipino people known for being amazing performers and singers and entertainers, you know, from 
from the largest stages to any you know karaoke in the living room kind of vibe right yeah well i mean it's pretty cool because like i you know i'd always heard as a kid that i had this like you've got a famous uncle who's uh like a hawaiian ukulele player (laughs) and uh and it was years late you know i didn't we didn't have the internet back then so i couldn't like look up this guy but years later like came to me because i was in hawaii for the first time playing a show i looked i looked up uh you know this name that had uh, been set around my house manny lagod lagod which is like the dopest name ever holy moly Um, (laughs) and uh and i looked him up and he yeah he was this he wasn't a ukulele player he was a bass player uh and he played with don ho for many years mm. um in his band and and then i like found out he was still performing he lives in torrance uh south of la oh, sure. and he's still he's still performing and singing he does like you know frank sinatra style uh big band show tune stuff and really and i was i, I looked him up we got in touch and uh he's not he's he's like a cousin once removed it's funny because i'm like I met him and I'm like, ah, it's so good to meet you, Uncle Manny. And he's like, I'm actually your cousin because I'm your yeah, w- whatever. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, you're sure. Well, you're 75. Can I call you? Uncle? <laughs> <laughs> I feel weird calling. It you. would make me feel better if I could call you <laughs> Uncle. Let's not get into the yeah, yeah. into the reality of the situation. That's not important to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it was really cool to meet him because he's like, yeah, he played in the Cotton Club back in the day. Like they had like the longest run of consecutive shows there and and he's traveled all over the world and and for for me to be able to have that uh kind of have this weird like cross-generational understanding of the same thing was really cool because of course like my family is really understanding and supportive of what i do but i don't think they can just like your friends can't completely understand what it is that you do. Sure. O- Uncle Manny understands hashtag tour life like no other member of your family. <laughs> yeah. Uncle, yeah. <laughs> Uncle Manny very much understands. Uh, and he hashtags heavy like, all of his posts. <laughs> You're like, it's weird that you knew that about him. So has Manny ever been like, so Sam, any uh, opening slots on that new tour coming up? Or what do you think? Huh? No, no, but he comes through. I do. I would. Your bass player is okay, but maybe <laughs> I could audition. Ooh, man, man. Yeah, man. He's got the hook, man. He No, your he bass player bass. is very good. Yeah, yeah. William's dope. I don't I don't think I don't think we're kicking Manny or I think don't think we're kicking <laughs> William out to get Manny in. But uh, mm-hmm. but I do. I have thought about the idea of doing like getting this uh, father son duet song. <laughs> like how do we how do we work this in um just to do just to have i don't know just to experiment a bit and have some fun with well, that well I'm, i need to look into this i well i live in la so torrance is not too far away um maybe i'll go check out uncle manny yeah he's he's a barber down there man he's a barber too oh hold on i can get a fade and i get to hear him manny does it all oh, you can i can get, get a line up. up and he's gonna yeah, sing get the this is lit Okay. Yeah. That's man. a full that's a it's that's a one stop shop. Manny's getting a big plug right now on how long gone. <laughs> Dude, check out Manny Lagarde. Manny Lagarde. <laughs> but it was so cool when I like <laughs> when I found this picture of him, I was just like, oh my God, he looks just like my grandma. He looks like my mom. You know, it's like I saw that those sh- the the shades, and then I saw him sing and I'm like, ah, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the so sauce. Cool. It's me. <laughs> because because like that that whole side of my family, like my mom. She came over when she was three and a half. Uh, and, you know, her mother, mo- most of uh, her mother's family lived between Hawaii and like San Francisco um, or in the Philippines. But they moved all the way back to uh, South Carolina and then quickly to North Carolina, which is where my mom grew up and then mm-hmm. uh, where I grew up. So she was really removed from her family. So when I'm when I, I don't really know anything about this 
this huge family that I have. She had like 13 brothers and sisters, you know? Um, and so when I met Manny, he's like, I was like, it's so cool. Cause I have like such a small family to meet like another part of my family. And he's like, no, you, you have like 250 cousins. <laughs> Like, you, you know, a, you, you, your family ain't small, yeah, you bro. You have a massive family. And they all want a little bit of money from you now. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sam seems to be doing okay. Let's, <laughs> let's see what he's up to. No, but that's that's a dope thing in the Filipino community, too, is like even as like a quarter Filipino, like if I meet somebody and I'm like, ah, I'm a quarter Filipino, uh, they're like, they immediately just call you cousin. You're like, it's, it's cousin. And, and I love that, that sense of pride and... Uh, and just feeling a part of that because that was something that you know uh i didn't have i didn't have that growing up um mm-hmm. just knowing that part that part of myself yeah i hear that well um speaking of uh of performing how many how many times have you opened for morrissey <laughs> once <laughs> only once okay where what what was the circumstance okay because i was i was thinking i was i was listening i was listening to a, a an, an a interview with you from last month or recently and you were you were talking about it, and I was thinking like, when was the last time Morrissey opened for somebody else, if ever? You know what I mean? When do you think that may have been? Uh, and then I want to talk about you opening for Morrissey. It would. I, I imagine he hasn't opened for anybody else in a while. I mean, I don't even know if he does festivals or has done. Festivals I wonder. I'm, I'm. Yeah, Jason, that's a good question. I feel like it would be something weird. I, I'd like to think that from the inception of Morrissey, like post Smiths. Yeah, he had a thing where it's like I never open. I always play. Honestly, less. I feel like he d- might have done something weird, like open for the Rolling Stones once, mm. yeah, in the nineties or something. You know, something like, like that. Yeah, and yeah. he's like he's really he's really tight with the Gallagher's too. So, or I know he's he was yeah. tight with Noel. So, I mean, I could also see him maybe playing some shows there. But Could you imagine, but he, you know, like when he when he does a show, it has to be like the spread has to be all vegan. So, like he will. He will not do a show if there's, and that that's difficult if you're having, <laughs> you know, if you're doing somebody, if you're touring with somebody else, you don't really have a say in yeah what they yeah, do and true. what they want. So kind of lack control. I feel like he needs that control. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think that yeah, that's something he's okay, known so for. Okay, so you you got what was it like opening for him? Are you a fan? Did you even care? Or was it intimidating? Chris and I are both big fans. I'm a, I'm a huge Smiths fan. Um, yeah, the Smiths in my, in my darkest days, deep in a, a, a cocaine dude in the Morrissey voice, do it in the Morrissey voice, years old. in the darkest days, <laughs> I was really high. Um, and I could only listen to like three albums and it was the Smiths self-titled MF Doom, Operation Doomsday, and uh, magnet magnetic fields get lost, and I would just listen oh, to those. You were on drugs, drugs. Okay, Sam, yeah, that, yeah. that is a twisted, twisted Ooh. trio. You just, just described like, people coming over to wow. buy drugs from me, and I'm just like in ca- in candlelight listening. To- <laughs> yeah, come, like, come on in, come on in, come on in. They're like, "Wow, you got a whole mood going." I was like, "Ah, oh, they, they shut the power off." Uh, <laughs> like, take your shit, get the fuck out of here. Um, <laughs> So yeah, so so I had I had some moments with uh, with Morrissey and the Smiths. But I, I never really I never really caught on to his 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 solo stuff. Didn't really get me. But yeah, I mean, we were really excited to uh, get the opportunity to play with him. The big thing about that show, of course, being that I'm gonna try to <laughs> I'm of course gonna try to upstage him, no matter <laughs> yeah. what I think of him. Out Morrissey, Morrissey on his own. I'm game. gonna yeah, I'm gonna try to, and you know, her, his fans are. Uh, 
his fans you know what i mean like they're there for one thing <laughs> yeah. they weren't and... there to see you guys that's weird <laughs> <No>. <laughs> although we did make some we we definitely made some uh fans from that show who i still will see to this day at shows and they'll be like they've told me you know we did not like you or we did not understand you but then <laughs> but then it you know it grew, let me be clear. it grew on us yeah, yeah. let me be we, let me be clear that was that was not cool but <laughs> but i get it now and i and i'm a fan so so that's cool but but that show i ended up uh because the red rocks i was at red rocks and the red rock stage is concrete um Ooh. and i did it i in my in my attempt to upstage morrissey i did a james brown knee drop on that stage and i tore my acl <laughs> and uh, it remains Ow! it remains torn to this day so, so. you tore you Ew. tore your acl trying to out morrissey morrissey i feel like yeah that's... it was like the dumbest thing i've one of the dumbest things i've ever done no how, how far how far into your set did you destroy your knee for your entire life? Uh, probably like three quarters. Okay. 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 The adrenaline pushed you through to the end. Yeah. Well, the thing was like, that was, I tore my reconstruction. So I, I tore my ACL at a show in 2010, got it or 2009, got it repaired 2010 into 2015, tore it again. And now like, I can't get it repaired. So my knee is like too destroyed. Is this all? And this is all from? Was this years of hooping as a kid as well, or is this just? Is this just performance? Man, my hoop dreams all destroyed. <laughs> you know, well, to go on a side tangent, there was a time when I when I got my first ACL repair or my my one ACL reconstruction in beginning of 2010. Like, uh, you know, this was right before our second album came out. Uh, I was working construction at the time, so. Uh, I couldn't work. I was dead broke. Um, and then our album leaked like two months before it was supposed to come out. The when <laughs> at, at a time when albums leaked, I don't even know if they do that anymore. Uh, well, and don't. it was like devastating. It ended up being a, 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 a really good thing because a lot of people got turned on to us through the leak that wouldn't have been. And then the tours were really successful after that. Mm. But uh I think I think the label did it on purpose. Oh, okay. <laughs> conspiracy. These are Future Islands. I have Ooh. Future Islands conspiracy theories. R <laughs> slash Future Islands conspiracy. Uh, I have conspiracy theories uh, about my own band. I think Diddy was involved. <laughs> yeah. I mean, what? Okay. Look, that would be interesting if you had maybe if you had a three sixty deal. Yeah. I would believe that, but if it leads you to make money on touring. Then maybe what is the label? What's the upside? The label's like, look, these guys aren't going to sell jack shit. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's just try to let's leak it. Uh, get them out on the road. road. See what happens. But uh, what but happens. but it did work. It did it, work. Yeah, it did actually work. But but so anyways, like I got my recon. I'm I can't move. You know, I'm just like in my room uh, upstairs for like a week, and then I'm I'm starting to be able to move around a bit. And in this time, there was like uh, this was 2010. There was like a the that that uh, winter there was a. Uh, Beginning in 2010, there was a double blizzard um, in Baltimore. I don't. There's probably that in up in New York too. But there's like three foot of snow on the ground. Um, it, but I'm like tr been trapped in the house. Like my roommates are are checking in on me and helping me get stuff. But I really want to leave the house. So about a week and a half, two weeks in, I'm 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 feeling froggy. I'm like I'm gonna get out there in the snow and you know with the full leg brace uh after <laughs> just having a recon <laughs> i like trek two miles into the city through the snow to get us get some soup like there was a place called soup, <laughs> soups on in baltimore that made like the most soups on bland soup 
with the largest hunk of unsalted bread for like five dollars <laughs> like all i could afford i'm like i'm gonna take myself out so i'm there i'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm i sit at my table hardy very hardy in this hardy. you know appropriate for uh, the weather kind of war warming up cold in this place and uh this do you remember what kind of soup it was sorry for the interruption <laughs> uh i think it was like a uh a beef food's and my love language beef and vegetable beef. something beef and hearty veg. something hearty. yeah stick to your ribs so, so this guy I'm, I'm in there by myself and this guy comes in he sits down and he starts eating his soup he's sitting like a table over but facing towards me and he's just like <laughs> without looking at me he's like acl repair and I'm like, yeah, 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 I just got it done. And he's like, yeah, <laughs> your leg's never going to be the same. And I'm oh, like, what? <laughs> he's like, yeah, it's never going to be the same. And I was like, oh, you, you've had it done. And he's like, I've had three. <laughs> Ruined my life. Ruined my life. All my dreams. <clears throat> you know, I was, I was, I was going to be a star. <laughs> You're never going to be the same. <laughs> and I'm just like. I don't want to talk to you anymore, man. <laughs> don't like bumming me out. I thanks, just, thanks, old timer. I just saw so this. He was, no, like, no, he was like, look he was at like me, thirty-two. <laughs> <laughs> and I was just like, oh my god! Like he wasn't much older than me. I was 25, 26 at the time. He wasn't much older than me, and I'm just like, I, I was so you know, I had this like open optimism. I got my leg fixed. Uh, mm -hmm. But anyways, you know, I, I've had knee problems since I was a kid. Like I popped the front of my patella playing baseball when I was a kid. Like the ligament Ooh. pulled off the bone yeah, it was yeah. attached to. Uh, but you know, when you're that age, they just like bandaged it up and it it like reformed. Yeah. Um, I have this thing called Osgood Schlatters, which is like you get these big uh, bumps on the front of your knees. It's like they call it growing growing pains. It's like the euphemism for that. Um, where your bones grow faster than the ligament cause a lot of pain. So I've always, I had dealt with that. Um, yeah. But, uh, but yeah, you know, cause I, I did grow up. I wasn't much of a basketball player. I was too short. Um, that was, but, that uh, was a joke. Yeah, that was a joke. What, what position did you play in baseball? I was a good baseball player uh, and uh, soccer. Uh, I was, I was a shortstop when I was younger. And then uh, when the field got bigger, I was uh, first base. You a lefty? No, I'm just really good in the field. I'm not left-handed. I'm just that good, bitch. I was I was a left-handed. I was a left-handed first baseman. I'm a short right-handed first baseman. Yeah, I'm not good. Yeah, I'm not good. Known for my stretch, though. I could really stretch. You know. Yeah, that's, it's all about the stretch, man. It's all about the stretch. Are you doing Are you doing experimental knee exercises, knees over toes, things like that? Are you Are you on knee TikTok? No. <laughs> knee TikTok. Uh, I, I don't think, I don't think I'm there yet. So like one of the, one of the big reasons I'm down here now is because I got set up with a really good, uh, hospital network that's been helping me with my needs. Uh, Tulane. So I'm doing it's, it's, they're called Oshner down here. Well, now I'm going to like, I did Manny. Let's see what else I can plug. Uh, <laughs> let me plug a, a, a gigantic multi-billion dollar hospital system. Uh, <laughs> that's what they need. But no, but the people have been really great. So I'm I'm in physical therapy down here because I, I just haven't I, I was never able to get my knee fixed. Like what I was gonna say was when I when I tore my ACL at Red Rocks, like it hurt like a motherfucker, but I also thought that it was a is a meniscus tear because it didn't hurt like the first time I tore my ACL, like I went trauma, you know, I went trauma blind and yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was really bad, but but uh when I did it the second time, I thought it was a meniscus tear 
you know, my leg did swell up and and I was in a lot of pain uh, for a few weeks, but but it went away. And then I was like, it'll be fine. And I just never went to the doctor because we were on tour. Um, and then, you know, a year passed. We were back on the road again after putting out the next record. And and I immediately was like, oh, my knee is there's something really wrong with it. So I went through another year and a half of touring before I finally went to a doctor. I saw some people on the road. Everybody told me my ACL was fine because it was they they would do the tests. Uh, yeah, they'll give it a little wiggle test and like, oh, you'll be all right. Yeah, yeah. They were like, no, your your ACL is fine. It must be meniscus, blah blah blah. And then finally, after five years of living in pain, I was like, would someone please give me an MRI? And they're like, oh yeah, you're right. You don't have an ACL. <laughs> I was like, come on, man. <laughs> so so, but I but I continue to just not do physical therapy. They you know that was all they could do. They they can't fix it. They're like, oh. you have to be fifty. You need a knee replacement, uh, and you're too young. So. That's kind of I'm in that bullshit part of mm -hmm. the healthcare system where they're just like we aren't going to give you what you really need. We want you to be happy when you're when you can't do your <laughs> when you're too old to do your job anyways. <laughs> uh, I was like, "Nah, I really need this right now." So, I really need this right now. I'm in the prime of my <laughs> yeah. walking years. It would I would love to have a knee that works. So, what is the that's, that's yeah, how do you deal with it? on on stage do you just power through and you're you're able to do it or have you had to change kind of what you what you do well you know with anything i mean you kind of naturally change i mean the way the way you're going to yeah. perform at 25 versus 40 is going to be different um mm -hmm. what like through through the emotional characteristics of what you what you you're writing about now as opposed to then uh or uh the way you you choose to engage the audience but it's so and and just what your body can do like i can't do the stuff the really quick step stuff that i used to do you can't you can't shake and bake anymore you can only shake or bake yeah. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I can do one of the two i definitely can do some yeah i definitely can do some stuff but but it's also just naturally you know your body just doesn't recover the way it used to mm -hmm. so so I'm, I'm but i am constantly finding new ways of of doing things to put myself in less pain i mean the way i used to deal with it uh, you know, even two and a half years ago, I was, I was just drinking. So, so uh -huh. I would just put myself, you know, take four or five shots of tequila and then go perform. And then you don't feel the pain, but then, but then because of that, you know, pain is there for a reason. Like mm, <laughs> you're supposed yes, to, it's you're telling supposed you to something. hit the pain and then don't do that. But I was, I was doing, I was numbing the pain so I wouldn't feel it. And then needing more, you know, needing more alcohol the next day to get through mm. that pain and it just became a really vicious cycle not just for my for my body but for my voice um and so so the last since we got back on the road in 2021 i've been not drinking or or uh barely drinking to to just be more in control and it's, it's helped me out a great deal uh in my recovering show to sh recovering show to show mm -hmm. uh and all that stuff because i mean we're doing we play like an hour and 40 minutes a night um, and that kind of constant movement is, uh, yeah, it just takes a lot out of you. It's a lot on your muscles and your bones and, uh, and damn bro. Yeah. But you know, you got to find new ways to do it. I mean, Jagger's still getting up there, chicken dancing, you know what I mean? Like, true. Well, we've talked about this before with some other people, um, more aging rockers. I think we talked about it with Thurston Moore and, and, uh, who else was it? Uh, was it Devendra? But about the the footwear on stage when we're saying like 
Like Jagger was wearing the hokas now when he's bopping around doing the chicken dance. Oh yeah, <laughs> but you're but you're at that age where are you still holding on to a, a fine leather boot or have you made the switch? I switched shoes in 22. Okay, <laughs> I had to go on. I've been, I I wore uh, 22. I had to make the change. <laughs> I wore the leather leather Converse All Star for 12 years of performing, and mm-hmm. I, I don't I don't really realize it until now when I go because it's funny because the my style that's like still my dress boot you know like yeah i'm going out for a night i I lace up lace up tight the the leather converse all-star high top (laughs) you know like i I love that my going out yeah 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 i love that shoe but but when i put it on now like i feel my knees disintegrating as soon as you strap it on it's like really yeah just like walking it's so flat that it's just killing me and i'm like how did i do this for so long and i really think it added to it uh it added to a lot of the issues that I have. So, okay. so just putting on like, you know, new balance. I've tried new balances. I've tried Under Armour, uh, I've tried Nikes, you know. Um, and and any any kind of trainer is better than that. It just doesn't look as cool, you know. Cause when when they capture me doing a high kick and there's like an uh like the tongue of the or <laughs> lip of the sh- shoe is up whatever what do you call the front of it doesn't the toe? The, it doesn't look as cool i will agree it's with like, you it's a grandpa foot yeah. i would agree with you but i mean it, like you said we have to evolve can we photoshop out the under armor logo <laughs> from my the tongue that's poking out please yeah so i i don't know okay. i i i have like i don't know a hundred pairs of different black sneakers in a storage unit in baltimore because i just buy them to see which is the one that can still look cool and be helpful to my knees and the worse they look the better they feel so always and, and no, now that's I, the, I just the don't truth. care anymore because i'm always i'm well constantly searching we've got a lot of people at nike and new balance and uh adidas listening to this pod right now maybe we need a sam 1.0 i need a signature <laughs> i think i deserve I a signature yeah. <laughs> i think he's time to he's to move from flow team and to have his own signature shoe i think you're ready i've been in this game i've been in this game almost 20 years mm-hmm. uh well i've been in it for 20 years actually uh the band the band not quite 20 but we had one before and i feel like i deserve i think it. this is something yeah. that should be i think this is something that's kind of under under discussed you know is that that after years you have to switch from your Saint Laurent, you know, Cuban heels into something more sensible. <laughs> and there does need to be the face of that movement. There needs to be someone architecting that product. Right now, unfortunately, it's it's Martha Stewart for Skechers, <laughs> yeah, where yeah. it's like <laughs> they look good and they feel good, you know. So there there's there's a lot of room between the twenty year old and the eighty four year old demographic. You know? I feel like I feel like Skechers would come calling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Skechers. Oh, that's a problem. That's why Skechers is killing it so much. They're they're like the number two shoe company in the world. Yeah. Because they're like, yeah, we'll do that, and everyone's like, mm, we're above it. And now, now Skechers is low key killing it. Low, not even low key. No, no, Skechers is definitely top top three for sure. They got they got Snoop man. They got Snoop. That's true. They, they, got, they got Uncle Snoop, smokeless Snoop. Um. Also, speaking of of money you I, I heard that you mentioned that you lost a lot of money in the stock market and i want to know <laughs> which stocks you lost the money on uh man i'm way too embarrassed i'm way too embarrassed i lost a bunch of money on this stock that was uh it was rat birth control <laughs> <laughs> really i was like i was like this is gonna kill 
Uh, I mean, that's a great idea. It does on, on paper. Idea. It makes sense that that would do well. Yeah, it's one of those stocks you can look at, you know, and it's just like a descend. Like for five years, it's just a descending chart. <laughs> and I like told my friends, like, yo, you should really put a few bucks in there. It's gonna do something. Like, so hold on, was this a tip? This is why I don't have friends anymore <laughs> as well. Uh, and had to move to Boston. Had to move, <laughs> yeah, got ran to out of town. Had to got to change towns <laughs> did again. You, did you? Was this a tip from an insider, or was this just you no, reading just, the, the the tea leaves? Me being. It's just me being dumb. <laughs> okay. It's <All right. laughs> like, like there is a need for this. I mean, I, I lived in Baltimore. You know, it's like rats are are. I, I remember my first day. I I moved to Baltimore. <laughs> my first morning there. Uh, like William had moved up a few months before me. Um, and we went on a tour. Of the northeast this was the beginning of 2008 and uh i at the beginning of the tour before the first day i went for a job interview got a job so then when the tour ended i went to sleep at william's house slept on his couch and then in the morning i woke up and i went to my first day at work and it was like 6 37 in the morning going to this cold warehouse to do uh, i used to do concrete fabrication um countertop sink work and stuff like that and <laughs> Baltimore I'm like, man, I'm like walking out the front door, <laughs> shivering, tired, and as though my foot hits the concrete, a giant rat just runs directly into my foot, and I jump up and start screaming, and it just sits, it just sits there and looks up at me, and then just turns and walks away, just like welcome to Baltimore. <laughs> <laughs> um, Damn, that rat said you're a the, that rat called you so a pussy. Attitude. Yeah, welcome to the street, motherfucker. Like, he did everything but but take the parliament light out of your mouth before he walked away, huh? Man, but I, I was like, okay. So, anyways, yeah, years later, I'm like, we gotta get a control on these rats, mm -hmm. man. If it's one uh, thing I know, it's rats. <laughs> it's personal. It's personal. It's personal this time. It's pit. personal this time. A money pit. I but are you a stock market player? Is that something you're known for? No, no, I don't I don't do that shit. I tried it for a second. And I was like, this is terrible because I, I didn't I didn't grow up with money. Like, you know, my, my sure. I don't think my I don't want to put down my parents, but I don't think they 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 also did not grow up with money. So mm -hmm. I think they were always just trying to make it work, not really understanding it, uh, you know, how to use a system that makes you money. You know, it was just like you you work and then you make the money. Yeah, of course. Sure. So a big thing that happened for me was that I lost a lot of money trying to play stocks, not knowing what I was doing. And when I kind of got back to a zero point, I was at first very devastated. And secondly, I felt comfortable knowing that now I'm at a place that I understand. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and I, I learned the hard way, but at least I learned. Yeah, I, I will not make these mistakes again. There, there's a movie that I love called uh, Barfly. It's like Mickey Rourke and Faye really? Dunaway from the 80s. And there's this Classic. there's this part where he goes he 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 gets kicked out of the bar he loves that he spends all his time because he is always street fighting the bartender uh, that he hates and he gets kicked out so he goes across the street he sits at the bar and he sees Faye Dunaway and he's like what's her story is like ah oh, don't talk to her she's crazy and he's like ah yeah so <laughs> he, walks, he walks around the bar he's just he just won this fight from the bartender and one of the guys who they're just betting on him in the alley gives him some money for winning the fight so he goes over and he he's like two scotch and waters and a beer and he slides all of his money he just got across the counter and he's like well that's it uh you know back to zero and <laughs> and, and she's like that's all your money you know that's everything you have and he's like yeah it fits it's good it's good to feel normal and and i've always kind of 
I've always like thought that was such a, I don't know, it just hit me in a certain way. Cause for me, yeah, I don't, I, I, I tried to do these things to like help myself, but the truth is, is like, I, but the money kind of, it gets in your head. You're like, you're like, what am I supposed to do with this? Like, it's like burning a hole. Like I almost want to just give it away. Like I, I really learned don't do that. through the process of success that it's, that I have a gambling problem. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, shit, I, I, you know, and something I realized in the last couple of years, like finally going to therapy two years ago is, you know, was trying to get a handle on the fact that like, I just my addictive personality. Like I have, I'm addicted to sports. I'm addicted to like, I have a gambling problem, which I don't entertain, but I realize that I, I like taking big gambles. You know, it's, <laughs> it's not like, it's not like I like to go to the casino or like I like to play slots, although I do like to play slots because I love to <laughs> lose. Uh, <laughs> but it is like this. I'm almost addicted to that feeling of the, the feeling. You know what I mean? Of like, uh, so you're so you're like, I I, I want to play like hundred dollar high card because I need to feel like I'm about to die every <laughs> yeah. five seconds. And it's kind of being addicted to anxiety. Yeah, that's yeah. what it sounds like. It's, that ugh. is what it sounds like. It's actually really weird. Like I had to make. I've, I've talked about this a little bit recently, uh, doing interviews again, but when I, when I went to therapy, it was like right after this breakup with uh, my ex in Sweden. And I was, you know, it was a broken engagement. Like we had bought up an apartment, you know, I was like, and, and I thought my whole life was going this way. And all of a sudden, like I'm back in my room in Baltimore, like, what the fuck am I doing here? Um, it was, uh, I, I was trying to get a handle on, you know, why am I repeating these same cycles? Why am I back here? What, you know, how do I get, how do I break this cycle? Uh, and I, I was trying to like understand my anxiety because I have a lot of anxiety. Um, and that's something that's grown over the years, like especially with the profile of the band or just mm -hmm. being the more success that I've had, the more anxiety I've had. Cause, cause you're like, <laughs> there's a lot less anxiety when you ain't got shit to lose that's true <laughs> that's yeah, very yeah, true yeah. very true and then when you have back you at zero again yeah yeah when you when you have things to lose then you start to to worry about losing them and uh controlling them but but i i made like a like a list of the things that cause me anxiety and the things that give me anxiety and i realized that they are the same list <laughs> you know yeah. it's it's like the constant want to quit smoking how do i deal with that i go have a cigarette <laughs> like <laughs> Like the 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 uh, the fear of slipping back into uh, drug use makes me makes me just like having having that in my mind. Like, but then when I feel the lowest, when the things are the worst, I go and I go try to score drugs, you know, or yeah, yeah, or like yeah. wanting like wanting to hold on or like build build uh, some money for retirement and just like my future. Uh, how do I do that? <laughs> I gamble it on the stock market. <laughs> I'm like rat stocks. That's the way to do it. Uh, so we've we, we, we've we've identified a pattern. Yeah, and that's so. the first. That's the first step. That's a good. That's a good place to be. Yeah, yeah. So, but but it was it was interesting, you know. And it's like how to. Yeah, that it was just an interesting thing. It's like, well, you know, you need to go to therapy and speak to a professional about this. Uh, but that that's and that's something that I recommend if you're out there, uh, uh, embarrassed or worried or not wanting to do something or thinking you need something. I do, I do, uh, I've been in for two years now and it's really helped me be more reflective, uh, mm -hmm. and less reactive at times. Cause that's the other thing is I, I'm a very emotional, quick, quick reaction. And I've had to measure, be more measured as has been really helpful, not only in my life, but in writing and understanding, uh, 
the things that I like to to, to sing about and uh, talk about. Okay, you're th- you're thinking before you speak now. <laughs> Sometimes, I mean, you know, we're still we're still <laughs> the people like, that we the are. Breaks, pump the brakes, not all the time. <laughs> it's an important thing to learn, you know. There's a lot of times where you uh, you know, you're a hothead and you say something that you probably shouldn't have said. I I need I'm the opposite of you. I I think too long before I say things where all the emotion has been sucked out of it. <laughs> and 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 partners in my life don't like that very much. Okay. I love yeah. that. I love that about you personally. Um I'm a little more of a hothead. I'm definitely a freak. <clears throat> but, you know. Do you guys hit each other up for like uh advice when it comes to your romantic lives like, "Hey, I I think I'm thinking about this too much. Can you tell me how to how would you do it?" and or Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, well, yeah we have. I think it's yeah, positive we, for sure. Have. Like uh Garrett our you know, the keyboardist in Future Islands, we've been best friends since we were 14 and I think it's one of the reasons we're friends is because he is he is the the measured and stoic like like he really takes his time and he's pra- pragmatic and practical um and i really respect that about him like how he takes his time and the words that he chooses he he chooses carefully i respect that about jason as well i i, I know exactly what you mean i really do yeah because it's it yeah all, his, all of my friends it. like that. All the women that I've had <laughs> sex with find it very frustrating. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so like, you can't win them all. At least you have friends. You know, it could be worse. That's true. <laughs> At least I have friends. <laughs> At least you got friends. But yeah, uh, it is. It is important. I mean, I, and I think we we find our our yin and our yangs automatically in that life where something inside of you says this person will probably fill in some of the blanks that I have and vice versa, you know? Yeah, exactly. And um, hopefully at the end of the day, they're hot. <sighs> that's all you can hope for. Uh, th- thank you, Sam, for joining us today on How Long Gone. Yeah. yeah, Thanks thanks so much for having me, guys. It was a pleasure. And um, Sorry that we didn't talk about your new album, but <laughs> you do that on every other podcast where they're like, what was the process like? Yeah, <laughs> and was that what's your favorite album of all time? Yeah, this really zipped by, guys. Because <laughs> that's the whole point. That's, that's the, whole the point. point. Like, when are, that's all when we're are we to. starting? <laughs> <laughs> that's that. That's exactly the idea. Um, but the new record is out in January, correct? Uh, yeah, January twenty sixth. Uh, it's dropping, and we're figuring out dates now. So mm-hmm. we'll be doing what we do best, which is being out of the road. Right? And, you, and there's right. four four singles from the new album that are currently available to listen to, I think. Uh, bu- 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 one, two, three. Yeah, four. Four, and I think... I listened to very all four of them a few times this morning on my frigid California dog walk. Yeah. <laughs> that was great. Awesome. That was great. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, I'm really, really excited about it. I feel like it's it's the best thing that we've made as far as like the 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 sonics of it all um and i think it's also capturing a really intense emotional time which is uh gonna make it last and hit hit hard it hits it hits me in the chest so yeah that's what i want to give to people I want to injure them. Yeah, no, I appreciate. <laughs> I, I'm going to treat the. I want to treat my fans like my fucking knees. You know exactly. what I mean? Make, make these Precisely. guys pay. Yeah, you want everyone going home from the Future Island show in body bags, stretchers, ambulances. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh Let's open Lord. this shit up. Um, uh, thank you, thank you, Sam. We'll see you soon, bro. Appreciate, appreciate it. Appreciate you. Thank you guys so much. Yeah, have a great day. Later. Thanks, man.